You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have on the truly inspiring and awesome Casey Dreyer, who is a self-care boss coach for all the fabulous influencers and goal crushers. And guys, she is truly, 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 truly awesome. So I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Welcome to the show, Casey. Thanks so much for having me, Danielle. I'm really, really grateful to be here with you today. Thank you. And you guys, if you have a chance, which you totally should, is follow her on Instagram, which I'll have her all of her Uh, notes and links below because I love every single picture and every single caption you do. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Really kind. (laughs) Okay, so I love to begin this show kind of with the start of your journey and then kind of end in the present and future where you're going. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit about how you grew up and kind of what led you to going down this path. Yes, that's actually the great place to start is where I where and how I grew up, because that's actually exactly what has led me down this path. So I'm in the middle of a big family. I've got four siblings, so two older siblings and two younger siblings, and they are the loves of my life. And they are the most amazing, brilliant, inspiring humans. And I'm so lucky to call them my brothers and my sisters. And um, growing up in such an accomplished family was really powerful. Um, and to give you a sense of just how accomplished this family is, um, we all went to Stanford, all five of us. Um, we have cumulatively between all of us, nine Stanford degrees and, um, just a a really, really, really clever, um, thoughtful, committed, uh, passionate family. And being right square in the middle of that, I, um, I was always trying really hard to be as good as the big siblings in um, school and in sports and also as cool and charismatic and funny as the younger siblings who are real theater rock stars. And, um, And I didn't, it took a while, many years for me to actually carve out what was uniquely my own path. So I spent a lot of time and a lot of energy Um, from the age of 15 on working impossibly long hours and doing far, 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 far too much um, to try to get into Stanford. And then I got into Stanford and because I wanted to be like my big brother and like my dad, I decided to do engineering, which was great. But I I would really recommend if you want to do engineering or go into the technical field, do it because you you love it. Don't do it because you're trying to to be like your brother or your dad or get their approval. (laughs) Uh, It's a lot to do. Um, So I got a BS and an MS from Stanford in environmental engineering and civil engineering. um, And I did that on top of doing theater and running a camp and saving a sorority. And like, if there was an extracurricular I could do, I I did it. Um, And I didn't sleep very much between the ages of uh, 15 and graduating at 23. I was just about to ask you, when do you have time to breathe? (laughs) Yeah, I did not And I, and I was, and I wore that like a badge of honor. I wore busy, Mm -hmm. wore busy 
like a real badge of honor. And I loved it when people would tell me like, I don't know how you do it. And, you know, I'm, I have a lot of energy. So, um, you know, when people would be like, oh, what are you on? I'm like, it's just natural. You know, like that used to get me really, um, really stoked on life. Mm-hmm. And, um, luckily or unluckily life kind of had a different plan for me and I went off. So I went to start my first engineering job in Oregon where I just started to continue that pattern of overachievement and working really hard, but honestly working too hard. Um, and when I was 24, I got toxic shock syndrome from a cut on my leg, not a tampon. It turns out you can get it um, (laughs) really anytime you get, uh, any kind of bacteria in your, bloodstream. So I got that and I actually ended up in the ICU for four days and almost died. And I really, as a 24 year old had to uh, grapple with my mortality in a way that I wasn't prepared to. And in a way that shook me deep down to my core and started to make it undeniable that the path that I had been on was not only unsustainable, it was also deeply and profoundly unfulfilling. Um, and, and in terms of the, the work that I was doing and the, um, the amount of time that I was spending doing it, the stuff that mattered to me was not the stuff that I was giving all my time and heart to. And that was really my family and my friends and my health. Um, so I learned that lesson, but I, you know, I only took it to heart so much. Um, I had, I got PTSD at, you know, that was my first real, um, experience with mental health. And, you know, I think that it's mental health is really, um, it's a hard thing to fully grasp and understand until you find yourself faced with a mental health issue. And then all of a sudden it really makes sense on a whole new level, like how debilitating it is. And for the first time in my life, I just like couldn't do a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do. And, and I didn't know what to do about that. So luckily, you know, life goes on and I kind of make my way through some therapy. I start doing a little bit of yoga. It's manageable. And then I get an offer to go do the rebrand for my big engineering company. So like as a 26 year old with no marketing experience, I get this opportunity to go rebrand a big fortune 500, 25,000 person global engineering company and do all this world travel and go work with a fancy New York agency. Oh my goodness. I know. So I'm like, okay, yes. Cause right. I'm still, I've got so many years mm-hmm. of hard wiring of, of achievement and this kind of drive in me. So I'm like, I'll go do this. And so I do. Um, and it's, it's really cool and really hard and I don't sleep a lot again. And God is like such a devil. She is like, girl, I really need you to learn this lesson. So fly. I'm 27. I'm 27 years old. Um, I w- at the time I was 27 years old and I was flying back from Heathrow to JFK I'm in an emergency plane landing and I literally hear my pilot say mayday a couple times on intercom. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me. I survived toxic shock and now I'm going to die in a plane crash. Yep. This is not okay. <laughs> right? Um, so right. Spoiler alert. The plane, the plane lands and I'm safe and I'm alive. Um, <laughs> but I, PTSD is majorly and unequivocally triggered and I have to deal with it. Um, And so this time I can't really turn away from it. So I managed to complete the rebrand and, um, and then, you know, because I don't know what I'm supposed to do, like any other millennial woman would do. I, um, I quit my job with no backup plan and became a yoga teacher because that's what we do, right? Is we go Uh, become yoga teachers these days. 
<laughs> so I do that. And uh, mostly I just know that I have to feel that these, more than anything, I have to heal my PTSD and the underlying causes of what's going on, which is ultimately it is a human being, me, that never really fully developed her own self-worth and, um, and used a lot of, a lot of what made me feel worthy were the fact that I went to Stanford and I had these engineering degrees and I had all these accomplishments, all these things that were external and not actually, um, internal to who I am were the things that made me feel important and worthy, but I was killing myself to get them. And so that just couldn't continue. Um, so yeah, so I jump off the boat and I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm teaching yoga. And, um, after spending tens and tens of thousands of dollars, and in fact, hundreds of thousands of dollars in opportunity costs over several years and trying out coaching and therapy and yoga and meditation and Reiki yep, and all of it. You name it, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, there has to be a better way to go about all of this. And in fact, there is, but there aren't a lot of, um, coaches, healers, business professionals, businesses, frankly, that are trying to aggregate all of these amazing tools. And instead of having people treat self-care and your, our well-being as like these one-off tactics, really say here, let's build you like a self-care strategy and, and, and teach you all of these different tactics, how they actually fit in to this strategy. So rather than you going out there and trying to um, make like we make believe, right. That doing yoga once a day or once a week, whatever we have, frequently we do it and like getting our, a manicure once a month or a massage once a month, that that's like really self-care. And no, we all know that that's like nice to do, mm -hmm. but that doesn't solve for the other 23 hours in the day. Um, so what I have, what this has all led me down and what I'm doing now is I'm really on a mission on a deep love mission to, um, to help women who are finally getting the voices they deserve and finally get it, getting the job opportunities they deserve and are building brilliant businesses to actively help them combat this idea that in order to be successful, in order to be ambitious, you have to be willing to kill yourself and you have to be willing to sacrifice your soul, sanity, relationships, and health. In fact, I think that's the biggest pile of bullshit in the whole world. And, um, I am doing everything that I can to help rewire that and to actually say what will make you really successful, most successful is to build a business and a career that's based on your purpose and to align that and how you go about that with your values and to understand that the only way that you get to actually accomplish that purpose and that passion is if you're healthy enough to be able to execute it. Cause let me tell you, having been in that potential death seat a couple of times, it really sucks. If the opportunity to execute that purpose gets taken away from you prematurely. So like, let's not let that happen. And so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I am almost speechless right now. <laughs> and like the best way possible when I was like, there's so many notes. I was like, I need to talk about this and that because your story <laughs> It's, I think the great thing about everyone's, the way that led them to their path is one, it is, you know, your own different path, but also there's so many similarities in small parts of it. For example, I love that you mentioned the overachievers, like a badge of honor, because I think that a lot of us, including myself, I was an only child for 
good amount of uh, the first part of my life. And then my uh, dad, he worked, worked slash still works about, I think, 12 to 14 hour days, six days a week. So when you have, like you said, you know, especially coming, same thing for you coming from a a nine freaking degree Stanford household, it's so hard not to try and constantly, which is what I used to say a lot, was like constantly better myself. And I think that that can sometimes uh, actually be counterintuitive to where the bettering yourself means you're never happy with yourself. Amen. Yes. And that's why I love talking to people like you and really anyone who is aware of that because once you see it, you kind of can't go back to it. When you do go back to it, things like that happens where toxic shock happens and these huge things that, you know, the universe is saying like, you got to wake up or you got, or you're going to have to keep literally reliving this over and over. Exactly. You nailed it. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you too, because I, you know, especially for those who are in this business or just starting out, And especially for you and I who had the overachiever mentality where we're just like, I need to make sure that I can be successful and just choose whatever is in front of me at first, but not really explore internally. When you were younger, did you ever have any kind of idea of what you wanted to do outside of the um, seeing your family in the engineering route? Or was it mostly just going straight towards that? Oh my gosh, it's so funny that you should ask me this question. I'm I'm taking this call from my my mom and dad's house and... (laughs) I'm staring straight at a picture of myself from, from the fifth grade and I'm wearing a Michael Jordan Jersey. And I kid you not what I wanted to be when I was a kid was Michael Jordan. Yes. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And I like, I grew up, um, I started playing basketball in the first grade, which was I think three or four years before the WNBA actually got started. So like growing up as a little girl, I had no choice but to like dream about being a male basketball star because that was really all there were as um, as a model when I started playing. So yeah, I did. I did know what I wanted to be when I was a little kid and it was nothing like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> no, I think that's so, I love that you mentioned that, especially being a guy for a mentor, because I think as of in the last five years, especially, but especially the last decade or so, most of the people that were given those kind of opportunities were men. And it's not, you know, there's nothing that's really, we can do about it at that time. But like you and I grew up and I remember I wanted to be like, I mean, I was very much a very airy kid. So I was like, I want to do a judge one day and then a firefighter the other day. I was very much no idea. I was like, I just want to help people and that's it. And I love that you mentioned that because I don't think a lot of us, unless we looked at actors or singers, we didn't really see that many women, you know, in the roles of um, like the boss mentality or just like really being in their own and seeing that. And I actually wanted to mention or ask you as well, is you mentioned you help people who are on their purpose kind of align them more with self-care. And we're going to get so deep down that self-care route in a second. But I wanted to see... When you went on this journey, how did you discover, I guess, your purpose or kind of, you know, what was a light bulb moment for you to be like, yes, I need to go down this road for not only myself, but others? Yeah, that's just, oh, that's the question. And I think that's the thing we all, we all kind of crave, right? Is, mm-hmm. is how do we know when that purpose hits us or gets revealed to us? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll tell, I'm going to give you two answers. The first answer is I had clues that this was it for a long time since, since I've been, um, probably since I was in high school. Um, I've always 
been a camp counselor. Um, <laughs> some of my, I've, uh, I've always loved cheering people on. I've always loved motivating people. I've always loved being the crazy voice of hope and optimism and against crazy odds. So that's something that's been with me forever. And I've, and I've never, I've always like really leaned into tough emotional spaces. Like I'm the kind of person that wants to sit with you in that. I don't abandon people. And I, an example is I um, ran a camp in college and I was a counselor there called Camp Kesem, which is for kids whose parents are affected by cancer, died suffering remission. And I would sit with children for hours at a time having them recount the trauma of their parents' death or their parents' suffering or their, um, their fears. And I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, I had, I had no trauma training and I was just sitting there with them and learning that like what we need as human beings is people who are willing to sit with us in our toughest moments and not abandon us and not judge us and just let us be. And that is a lot of what I actually do with my clients and what I'm committed to doing with my business is taking away the shame of just simply being human and having to go through human experiences because that's, that's what makes us all so beautiful. Um, so there's, there's that, I think that, you know, in many ways I kind of clobbered that, that part of my personality with all of my work and all of my engineering and, and my overachiever drive. And the, you know, my own traumas in many ways opened me back up to that path and to that part of my personality. And where it really like hit home for me was I was sitting in my therapist's office and I just started bawling. And this is after, you know, by the age of 29, when I'm having this conversation with my therapist, I already launched a brand, um, a rebrand, and I have two engineering degrees from Stanford and a professional engineering license. And I'm just sitting there bawling. And I ask her, when am I ever going to feel like enough? Yeah. And it was kind of at that moment where I was like, I, not only do I have to figure out how to solve this for me, I cannot be the only person in this world who has been working so hard to feel like enough and doesn't feel like it. So I need to get brave enough and big enough and bold enough to deal with my demons so that I can help other people battle theirs. Because I really truly believe that if we all step into our own worthiness, a lot of dis-ease, a lot of pain, a lot of anger, a lot of judgment, um, a lot of tension will melt away in this world. And um, that's kind of what I would like to see. I, I fully agree with that. And the reason why I ask about the purpose part too, is because I went on a similar journey to you. Not, I mean, not the, not the airplane and toxic syndrome, but <laughs> you don't have to, yeah, thank God, <laughs> thank God. But I went on a kind of like a spiritual internal journey for two years before I started my business or really anything. And I started that journey always saying, what is my purpose? Like my life purpose. And then through the course of it, I was like, This makes no sense in the sense of you don't know your life purpose. And if you did, when you started out, your life would be boring. You wouldn't really, you know, unearth the things that you're supposed to. You can, like you said, you can have hints and clues and those pulls to what feels good. And I think those are the ones you have to go on. But if you learned your life purpose at 20 or 22 or 25, 
what would you you'd be bored by age 40 you know so I love that you mentioned that because you do get clues I I fully agree with that and it's I love that you mentioned the camp counselor because I put on my first episode of the podcast and I try and talk about it more because my biological mom passed away from cancer, uh, breast cancer three times when I was nine. And my stepmom passed away from AML leukemia when I was 17 and I was her caregiver. So those two major losses from cancer alone really shaped who I was. And I love that you mentioned the people hold, because basically what you do, and I, I think this is so powerful, you hold space. You mm-hmm. hold space for others. And I think nowadays, especially as a you know business owner or really anything like that, that we do so well at either holding space for others that are our clients and we don't give it to ourselves or vice versa. Mm-hmm. We never seem to balance that out correctly. And I think you do a really good job of now realizing that, but also helping kind of tip the scales so it's a little more balanced on both edges. And I think that's something that's... Uh, really needed nowadays especially that worth sentiment because man I don't know any single woman or really any single person who has not felt or still feel like they are not enough or they are not worthy or they don't deserve x y or z so beautifully put so beautiful you're just I just want to acknowledge what a tremendous soul you are and the and what you're doing for women, um, and for business owners in holding space with this podcast. Um, you're just, it's truly, you've got a gorgeous soul and, um, I'm really grateful to be here. You are. Okay. This is, yes, this is what, what always happens is that I have such sweet, amazing people on my podcast and I just want to make you my best friend already. And (laughs) I need to hold, I need to hold back for a second so we can get through this interview more. (laughs) (laughs) Totally fair. (laughs) But I think I wanted to go back a little bit too, was when you kind of change, you shifted majorly, not only internally, but externally from engineering, a very, you know, technical sciencey, but also not really because the self-care strategy, I think also requires some type of skill to it. And I wondered how was your family when you switched that way? Because they were more on the Stanford side, I would assume. Yeah. Um, so, you know, luckily I think when you, um, when you kind of have two scary brushes with death, <laughs> it's kind of like a get out of jail free card. You, you, your family just kind of looks at you and goes, I, you know, <laughs> you got do what you got to do. I guess I can't speak to that anymore. Right. So, um, that luckily they, they, uh, they didn't, they didn't get it. And, and, and they, they didn't get it in the sense that, and this is, I guess, also advice that I have for, other women and men who are starting their own businesses or kind of forging their own path. The people that love us want what is best for us and they want happiness for us and they want success for us and they want security for us. Right. And mm-hmm. so when we do stuff that they don't understand from this context of like, it has not been a part of their life experience. They've never done something like that. It's always, it always triggers fear. And that fear is like not trying to necessarily control what we're doing. It's just genuine concern that is like the, the other side, right? The shadow side of love. Yes. And so credit to my family, they were all so supportive and they did a really great job of trying to hold back their own fear and really let me step into this. And of course that trickled through every once in a while, but for the most part, they 
they just kind of stood back and said, we have a lot of faith in Casey. And even though we just can't understand and we don't <laughs> really know how this is all going to shake out for her, like she's, she's, there's nothing she's ever put her mind to that she hasn't accomplished. So we're going to let her figure it out. And, and I really, 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 um, appreciate that about them. The other thing that really helped is about a year before I quit my job, my younger sister MK quit her um, fancy bank job to become a soul cycle instructor in San Francisco. Ooh. So that helped too. I, yes. I, I didn't have to jump first. So that's <laughs> that very <helped>. true. <laughs> yes. I love that you mentioned that because especially the, the part about uh, your parents, they want the best for you. And sometimes that can also mean they want the best from you or best for you, but they've also had their own programming that they've had internally from their years of life and how they grew up that what they might think is best for you might be a small part of them say you go back to your nine to five even though they fully support you and I think you kind of have to just realize that hey we all grew up a certain way our parents are still people at the end of the day and they still love us and maybe sometimes like you said those trickling parts that come through it's only out of love and concern it's never out of usually never out of spite or out of like you know resentment because at the end of the day they wanted you to come into this world because they wanted a to make a better life for you but b because you deserve to find whatever that is that makes your you know soul on fire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah and it and those that's very true and um and i would think that we're both pretty lucky that we had parents who really did feel that way because i know not everyone does but i i'm i really do feel grateful that i have parents who that is exactly true that is what they wanted for me oh a hundred percent and I think the great part too is you know that they were accepting and loving of what you do and just to give you some kind of note as well I think it was I was about to um, finish college the last semester and I was doing business degree because that's one of the you know one of the most popular and easy things to do basically for college and I was so wrecked in my brain like I don't I don't want to go down this. I was going to do HR, which sounded mostly I did that because I wanted to help people. But I was also just thinking internally, like, dear God, why? I don't want to work for a corporation like this. And I I think my dad came in one day and I was just bawling. I was like, I just immediately I'm like, I don't think I can go down this route. Like, I'm so sorry. I know that you want the best for me. And he said, I just want you to be happy. And if if I can help you in some way to get there, that's not like becoming an artist or singer all of a sudden, then I'll help you. And the thing is, like, once you really show your vulnerability in that sense, I don't know many people, parents or anyone, who would see someone crying and try and kick them when they're down. Amen. So I wanted someone who who's also, if anyone out there is starting to feel that way or wanting to go that way, I don't want you to look at it more of a logical standpoint. I want you to see it when you're going to talk to anyone that you love, that the way that anyone, including any human being, helps uh, react the way that you want them to is through emotion. I mean, if you remember any story, any person, it's through the emotion that they gave you. And I was thinking about this earlier, so I love that this came up because, you know, whether you're telling a caption on Instagram or a really heartfelt story all of those elicit elicit some kind of emotion, you know, some kind of reaction. And that's because as humans, and I love this quote, was like, we're not um, logical creatures who have feelings. We're feeling creatures who have sometimes logical thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Because it's true. I mean, I don't know many people. You can tell me you're rational all you want, but at the end of the day, if you want a chocolate bar, that is not rational. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Right? And I think this would be a really great transition, too, into seeing 
now that, you know, your family, you know, was supportive for the most part of what you did, when you started out in this work, kind of transitioning into this, obviously you had some kind of internal skill and ability to kind of hold space, but what was kind of like one or the two most common challenges you had starting out, whether it was a mindset problem or external problem uh, in that notion? Yeah. So it's like, which one? Um, There's so many. (laughs) Yeah, there's really so many to choose from. Um, You know, I would say that the one of the biggest challenges I had was I resisted for a really long time admitting that I wanted to be a coach. Um, For me, it felt I I think that the the real shadow side of my uh, elite educational upbringing was that there's this um, built-in hardwiring around the title of mm-hmm. something and ar- around the prestige of something and around the fanciness of it and letting myself step. It was even hard for me to like admit being that as a yoga teacher to go from like, I'm an engineer and not, and a brand manager and now I'm a yoga teacher <laughs> and I qualified that all the time and I I just like straight up didn't didn't even mention that I was a coach or wanted to be a coach because it didn't feel fancy enough or important enough even though I valued and I spent my money gladly and gratefully giving it to people to coach me I saw the value in being a coach I just I hadn't worked through my own BS and um as I did, and as I, I, I you know, who, what, it, it came to a head. It actually combined with my, um, with my own value and my own worth and charging what I'm worth a conversation. So not only was I like not very good about admitting that this was really the path I wanted to go down and that it was enough and I was enough in it, I was also like undercharging for my services. And so this came to a head with my beautiful, wonderful teacher, Ashley, who, um, Ashley Turner, who does yoga psychology. She's really beautiful. She combines psychotherapy and yoga together and does trainings around it. That's and awesome. She is really awesome. Um, she, uh, she asked me, she was like, so Casey, uh, do you think that what you do as an engineer is more valuable than what you do as a coach and as a healer and as a yoga teacher? And I was like, no, I think actually what I do as a coach and a yoga teacher and a healer is more valuable than what I do as an engineer. And that was the moment where I was like, I have to stop beating myself up for what I love. You know, what I love is what I love. I'm, I'm a camp counselor at heart who is a coach and a yoga teacher and a healer. And yeah, I have all this other, these, all these other skill sets and degrees and pedigrees, but that's not what makes me worthy. That's not what makes me valuable. That's not what makes me come alive. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I'll tell you what, the second that I made that mind shift that I went from like, push it away, push it away, try to make it sound fancier than it is to like just straight up owning it and loving it and embracing it was the second that I started to fill clients up to the brim and having idea after idea of how to push this forward and opportunity after opportunity for collaboration. It's like, my business exploded by infinity. Um, yeah. And it was really, really, really powerful. So I think that was my biggest mindset issue that I worked through. 
if you can see me right now, I'm giving you like the preach hands because like <laughs> I think, yeah, there's there's definitely a reason why we're supposed to talk today because I love that you mentioned that part about, um, you know, coming from an engineering background, coaching, like you said, I've had actually, I think two coaches as well. And I, I mean, I love them dearly. I would definitely, you know, recommend them to anyone, but going down that same path, it makes it difficult for you to think at the end of the day with all of the the worth and the deserving and the enough, if that really feels enough to you. And I like that you said that, uh, like, that was the best part, honestly, was just about your teacher telling you is what you're doing the same amount of work or less work than engineering. And I think that's so true is that, you know, changing self-care and changing anything in that realm, it's revolutionary whether they see it or not, because you're helping them save their time but honestly save a part of themselves that they don't even mm-hmm. see and i definitely am so happy we talked as well because i don't think i've mentioned this on the podcast either is that i have been told many 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 a times that i need to go down becoming a coach and same thing with you is that i looked at that road and i said yes i know i have those kind of abilities but i thought i had to become a counselor like a full-on like lmft or you know um Mm -hmm. masters in counseling like i had to go through seven years of 300 hours or 3000 hours of yeah that thing and i was like dear god like this this does not sound like the right way didn't feel right either and i love that you mentioned that because the title thing can get so wrapped up but it's not the end of the end of the world because even on your about page which i i love and you guys should check out in the link below um is that you actually put on there straight up i don't have any fancy titles but i'm here because i can help like i can give you the results you want but doesn't mean i have to have something behind me you know like a a a frame picture of a degree you have you know yep I, lo- I actually l- luckily lost my um, Stanford degree so. <laughs> in one of my moves. People were like, you lost that? And I was like, I know. but It's a piece right, of paper. Piece That's of paper. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, so when, when I first uh, graduated, when I got my bachelor's, everyone's like, oh, congratulations. I was like, it's a piece of paper, which I don't even get for four months anyway after I, did, you know, yeah. after I graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really expensive piece of paper, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I love that you mentioned that. I think that's so beautiful and so true to who you are. And <laughs> I mean, especially going into 2018 and the years to come is that that's such a huge mindset shift people have to make for themselves, but also anyone who's wanting to shift the way that they're going about life is that, you know, we all put labels and titles to make it easier for us to remember things, whether it's a red apple or whether it's, you know, a doctor or physician, because that's what we were kind of trained to do. But doesn't mean you have to put those on yourself, you know? Yep. For the record, I think that everyone's right. I think you'd make a great coach. <laughs> I literally have the tab open for one of the programs that I am <laughs> looking at today. So I'll I'll talk to you about this after we stop recording. Right. And I'll let right. everyone, I'll update everyone later when I <laughs> find out what I want to do. But I wanted to ask you too, and I think this is something that um, that I personally have a theory about, is that when you, especially since you did branding beforehand, I think that colors, especially the colors that you choose for your brand, are kind of subconsciously given to you for a reason because they all have some type of emotion for that blue is calming red is fiery um and it shows also your personality i would think and i wanted to know kind of what was the process between a kind of choosing the colors that you would use in your business but also why because a lot of people i know 
sometimes don't feel right using their name for their uh, for their business or for their Instagram handles. And did you have kind of that kind of moment where you were branding and said, hey, I'm going to step into my own and choose my name and choose these colors because they best embody who you are? Yes. Oh, I love this. Okay. So first of all, a lot of opinions about brand because I was a brand manager. Yes. <laughs> so I've been through the whole rebrand process, nuts and bolts. And this is, so this is the thing I'll say first, don't overthink your brand at first because it's going to change a lot as mm-hmm. you get to know your customers and your customers get to know you. So like, let that be fluid and don't be super attached. Pick a logo. Don't worry. It's not a big deal if you change your logo down the line. People do it all the time and it's fine. Um, even very big companies change their logo. So mm-hmm. don't don't lose sleep over your brand at first. Um, now, uh, that being said, because, I, because I'm an overachiever and a control freak and because of my inexperience in running my own business and I just come off this rebrand, I the first go around, I focused way too much on my brand. I was like so obsessed with it. I'm wanting to get it right. And it was like a procrastination tool that I was using to not deal with the fact that I was terrified out of my mind about <laughs> figuring out how to actually run my business. Yes. And it manifested itself in a lot of ways. Um, but I chose uh, the first go around. My colors were pur- was purple. And that was actually in large part because the company that I had just rebranded, our col- that color had been purple. So it was more of a reflection of like who I had been than it was of who I was turning into. And I actually, my first round, because I didn't want to use my name, fun fact, my first brand was called Dare Dryer, Ooh. Um, which I liked. The, I really liked the alliteration and there was tons of cool stuff around it, but I was not using my name because I was scared of using my name. I was, I thought it was like so arrogant and so, um, I don't know. I just thought it was so slimy to, to, not even that I thought it was slimy that other people use their name. I just thought it was going to be slimy if I used my name. I was like, well, what will, what will my friends think? And what will my family think? Like, who am I to be like, this is Casey Dreyer. And then right at about the time that I had that conversation with my teacher, Ashley, where I admitted that I, you know, yes, of course, coaching is as worthy as engineering. That mindset flip was like when I rebranded and I was like, I'm done. I'm done not owning who I am. It's like, um, you know, like Kiela Se- Seattle, 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 um, you know, from, uh, uh, the greatest showman, this is me, you know, yes. like, oh, <laughs> this is me. And it's like Casey Dreyer and I was going to own it. And so I, I made that change. And then because I was like, you know, I actually have, I have all these ideas I want to do and I want to go get my clients. I'm not going to worry about my brand. I designed my logo by myself in Canva. I will at some point this year have somebody actually design it properly for me, but (laughs) I was like, I'm going to just do it. And here's where the else that's gets really cool. So the pink, I chose pink because I've loved pink ever since I was a kid. I was a kid who wanted, I was a little girl who wanted to be Michael Jordan. My favorite color was pink. And I shut that away for a while, especially Mm -hmm. in my years. And, um, in professional engineering as a career, I like, you know, I was like, I'll put that back in its box and I won't be pink. And I was like, no, this is me. I'm Casey Dreyer. I love pink. I'm not ashamed of it. There's going to be a lot of pink. And, um, and the, this is the other cool thing. If you go look at my logo, it's got two triangles, a black one and a white one that are pointing in opposite directions. And the, uh, the, what I decided there was, um, that's actually for, it represents masculine and feminine energy. So, um, 
that masculine energy of me is my ambition, right? It's my drive. It's my desire to perform and it's not bad and it's not wrong and I need it to succeed. So even though it drove me crazy and literally, you know, drove me into, into really traumatic situations, if used correctly, it's great. It's really important actually. And then the divine, the feminine divine energy is that self-care energy. It's that energy of softness and creativity where it's like, it's okay to nurture. It's okay to calm. It's okay to breathe. It's okay to be, it's okay to just like sit and steep inside of yourself and inside of your soul. And it's the marriage of the two that I'm doing inside of myself and that I'm trying to help my clients do. So that's, that's my brand. There you go. Casey Dreyer. This is me. (laughs) So one, that is beautiful. And two, do you have that? Do you explain that on your website somewhere? No, I should. You need to do that and you need to do it in a video. And I'm saying this like because I just came from a social media marketing conference that I want you to do this and either put it somewhere on your about me or homepage because girl, that is powerful. And I think any person who would listen to that would see the true intent, but also the the need for wanting to get there as well with you. Oh, girl. Okay, done. I will do it and I will let you know when it's done. Great. Because I, yes, I'm telling, I'm telling you right now that will really shift what people, I mean, they already love you, but especially if you put that somewhere and explain it because anyone who hears this too will understand that the duality is so, you know, pivotal and you have to kind of find those two parts of it. So for you to truly have that in your logo already and you embody it, it needs to be told, you know? Mm. You just, I love you. Done. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I think it'll be great. And I actually really wanted to kind of applaud you as well for, I think we all at some point, especially starting out in our business, we get really, really um, connected to the small things and not the big things because like branding, I am a, I love branding. I'm a story and storytelling. Those are like my two favorite things I nerd out about because it's so, mm. it's a humanizing aspect and it can create really good emotions if you do it correctly. And I love the part that you say is like when you first started out, you weren't feeling correct about using your name or like going down this route because I was actually a similar way. I, my first, um, my first color was purple. It's actually similar purple. And I have only one purple shirt in my whole entire closet. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. I, I'm just not a purple person, but I was like, you know, my clients might love this. It's great. And then with my name, I actually didn't have Danielle Clem as my first uh, name. It was like Danielle Marie Creative because I was afraid to step into my own power as well, even though we see people and our mentors all the time have their own name. But it takes that time to really sit with it and say, you know what, I'm going to step in. This is who I am. Hopefully, if we get if I get married sometime soon, I can still keep the name. But, you know, it's it's so true that it takes that time to really sit with yourself and see I won. I own my name, but also too, I am who I want to be. And you can kind of choose that in your own, in the way that you personify yourself and through your name as well. And I think that some people can get really um, scared about using it because it feels like it's a, it's, it's really, you're just unraveling the true part of yourself because Mm -hmm. you can't hide behind that name anymore. You can't hide behind that part that was, um, that was allowing you to kind of just muddle over here and not really see the true you but when you put your name out there you're just saying hey guys this is you know this is who I am and who I'm gonna stay and be so like me or not this is where I'm gonna be exactly exactly 
You nailed, gosh, you're just so stinking smart. <laughs> Definitely wasn't from college, but I'm happy that you say that. <laughs> right. Life. Right? Life makes us smart. Life's the best teacher. It truly is. And I think that actually would be a great note too is, you mean, you're doing so much amazing stuff. And if you guys check out her website, you actually have, you have actually a couple of free offerings, which are really cool about the self-care tips. And then I think it was like a makeover um, type avenue. I wanted to see if you could talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, there is a, uh, do you mean a freebie on the site? Yes. Um, there's currently the only freebie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, so I do free 30-minute um, self-care check-ins. And um, it's one of my favorite things that I get to do. So whether I end up working with people or not, it's we do a meditation together. So you get that as a tool, and you can do that forever and ever and ever without me. Um, without ever needing to hire me. And then it's a very quick look at what's going on in the landscape of your current um, self-care business and energy routines. And then we look at what are some of the low-hanging fruit that we could approach. And sometimes that ends up meaning that people want to work together with me in one-on-one, or sometimes they want to sign up for my online course, or sometimes they're like, thanks so much, Casey. I'm going to go work on this on my own, but now I've got a couple more ideas of how to go about it. And I say, cool. I want to immediately do that like after this. So I'm going to book with you like almost instantaneously, but <laughs> awesome. I love that you mentioned that too, because there's a couple notes that when I was actually driving up from the conference, there's, you might've heard of him, Pat Flynn. He does, um, the smart passive income podcast. He's, he's awesome, especially at branding. He is really good at what he does. And one of the things he mentions multiple times is if you want to keep, if you want to have your clients and really help them to feel connected to you automatically, other than just talking about yourself, you give them those small, quick wins, which is what you're doing. You're giving them those small, low-hanging fruit that makes them already have that one step forward without feeling too overwhelmed with anything. Mm, you are just also so good at making me feel good. I, you should become a coach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, what I'll do is I'll have you, and we can just go back and forth, and we can just have, like, a love session for, like, an hour. That'll, that'll I love be that. <laughs> I love that, like a compliment um, competition. Yes, compliment sandwich. Let's do this. (laughs) Okay. So now that we've kind of mentioned that too, I want to see what are you, what are your plans for the next year or two for your business, for the expansion of it and kind of expansion of who you are as well? I'm so glad you asked this because (laughs) I have been working on it. So here, I'll tell you guys the, um, the, the secret evil master plan that I'm getting after. (laughs) Uh, so the real big goal is I want to change, I want to fundamentally change the way we approach mental, emotional, and spiritual health, Mm -hmm. especially as it relates to business and work culture, um, and the, and the marriage of all of that. So this year, 2018 is all about self-care and it's about building an audience that is passionate about self-care and that we give a ton of free content to through blogs, through webinars, through video podcasts or podcasts like this one. Um, just really starting to do a bit, a, be a part of this movement to better define what self-care is. Cause it's a pretty um, enigmatic thing still. Yes. So really putting some strategy around it um, and giving people tools. And from my b- personal business, that looks like 
one-on-one coaching. I'm building an online school. I'll have two openings for that. One will open in June. The other will open in September and, um, and just content, content, content. I'm also in the background working with a team to write a book on self-care that will launch in 2019. And in 2019, it's really about taking that online school to the next level and to being able to reach more and more badass women from both a platform perspective, but also from a price point perspective, um, so that more and more people can have access to these tools and to these strategies, um, and hopefully doing more speaking engagements because I really love talking. <laughs> and then um, the the real intention is to start to figure out how to scale this through technology. I I have a vision for. And we're starting to see cool stuff happening in the space, but I haven't quite seen what I want there to exist yet, which is telling me that maybe I should go create it. But um, I think that the way that we go about therapy and coaching and meditation and yoga and healing overall can just marry with technology in a really beautiful, profound, flexible way that meets human beings where they are in any instant. Like I have clients that some days they need me as a coach and some days they need to go work with their therapist and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And it's expensive to try to get all of these types of people and have retain a therapist and a coach and your own personal yoga teacher and blah, 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 blah. You know, but the, the reality is what you really need is the integration of all of these things. And you need really smart people who know how to integrate these things and how to help you move through specific mindset issues. And, um, so my goal my like three-year goal is to really start to wrap around how do I take some of these amazing modalities that I love that have given me so much, combine them with what I'm doing and start to really change the way that we deliver and address emotional, spiritual, and mental well-being, um, and, and, and put it at your fingertips, right? would be nice. I mean, I have, yeah, again, stop making me speechless. (laughs) I'm supposed to be able to talk on this podcast. But I think one of the things that I wanted to mention too is yes, I fully 100,000% agree with the integration part because when I went down this journey too, there was people who were solely coaches or yoga instructors or therapists. And, you know, not many people have that kind of budget space to really allow for all of those things, even though they're all fantastic. You know, I think it'd be great to somehow merge those in a way that you like you said integrates in a holistic way but also in a more of a flexible humanistic way that's not so rigid and says that we have to do a b and c when really it's about assessing where you're at at that time and then kind of going towards that whatever works at that point yep oh yay good okay i'll have at least one client done yes and i wanted to see too for your book which is going to be i have no doubt it's going to be awesome i wonder are you doing any kind of um like freebie opt-ins for that because i thought would be really cool for your book i don't know if you're doing this inside of the book um if you have any kind of exercises or practices you could make a small e-workbook for them and offer that for people who um want to have the intro to it so you can do two or three self-care exercises and strategies with quotes because I know that you especially with your speaking you probably have some good awesome quotes that are like mind-bending self-care quotes you can put in there and you can offer those to people who want to get a taste of what you have and then they can go through an email sequence to then buy it later because they'll have that kind of quick win start already oh you are just such a genius um so I so actually two things to that um First is I'm 
like stay tuned guys go follow Casey Dreyer and get on the newsletter yes. <laughs> um, ASAP because there's going to be all sorts of cool freebies that are coming out in coming weeks and months and years um, so that a um, and b actually one of the things that we're toying with with the book itself and I'm saying this and I make no promises people because I don't know yet we haven't built the strategy but we're actually we're thinking of using it as the lead magnet Ooh. So where you would, you could get a free digital download of it and or even potentially pursuing the idea of doing a free plus shipping um, where people could in exchange for email and um, basically paying printing and shipping, you could actually get a hard copy of the book. Um, and it would just so it would be it, the the real exchange would be um, that I get your contact information and we get to stay in touch and you get a chance to potentially participate in some of these bigger offerings that I have, but you can get the book. Cause like, honestly, I, I I'm writing the book cause I just really wish that the book had existed Yes, <laughs> when I was going through this journey. So I want people to have the book if nothing else. Well, and to be honest nowadays, you know, books don't really make a lot of people that much money, even though everyone buys books, it goes a lot percentage towards like Amazon and those kind of retailers. So to, to kind of, break away from the natural sequence of it and allow for people to have that free information to then have them go for more of an offering later on that's going all towards you rather than just like a small percentage, I think is a lot smarter anyway. Oh, so good. And the other thing is, and this is still to be confirmed as well, but we um, are currently working, hopefully, on doing a companion journal with it. And that would be something that we'd be selling, but it would be essentially like a lot of the activities that you're talking about. It would be a physical in real life IRL journal that you could buy that would let you, um, and it'll read like, um, your best friend is talking to you, right. Who like is your number one fan. Um, and so there would be a companion journal that you could buy along with it to do the, do some of the exercises and just do some stuff that like can really help you get to know your soul a little bit better. I love all of that, and I have no doubt it's going to, you know, be fantastic just because of who you are as a person. But I can talk to you for literally hours, so I'm going to try and end this here and probably have you on for a part two later on, maybe when we get closer to, like, the book launch. That'd be awesome to yes, have you on. Yes, that would be so awesome. I would love that. <laughs> so, honestly, like, truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being here today. It was, I mean, it was an utter blast for you to come on. Oh, I feel the same. I'm really, I was, I've been, I wish you could see me. I've been smiling from ear to ear <laughs> this whole conversation being like, this is so fun. Yes. And that's what I love about this podcast. It is basically people get to listen in on just an honest conversation. And that's the best, like, that's the best part to me. But there you guys have it, folks. This is honestly one of my favorite episodes that I've done to this date and I know you guys will love it and to follow her because she's doing so much awesome stuff is at Casey Dreyer and CaseyDreyer.com again all the links will be down below and yeah I mean I'll see you guys in the next episode but really resonate with this stuff because it's some it's some heavy hitting stuff and I will see you guys next week Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.